Hi, everybody. Welcome to I Did Rod Podcast, Tales from the Trail. Today we have guest Amanda Otto. She is an I Did Rod rookie this year. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, taking time in between, you know, tours and working. You're in uh, Denali at uh, Jeff King's Husky Husky Homestead, correct? Yes, that is correct. We actually just wrapped up our morning tour and now I'm sitting chatting with you. So perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mushers are, you're always busy, you know, training or, you know, mm. if, if you're a part of a, you know, a business setting, then you're, you're doing that as well. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's kind of busy nonstop for you. <laughs> so how that, is the tour biz going out there? You know, it's going great. Um, we've kind of revamped things a little bit this year. We're only doing uh, two tours a day, um, which is great because that gives me some time to get other dogs out in between tours. And we've got all sorts of building projects going on. Um, we're always on the move up here. So yeah, we're staying pretty busy and business is doing really well. It looked really great up there. Um, of course, Myself and um, Greg Heiser from the Insider came up and visited uh, Jeff yeah. and you. <laughs> so we got to see the place and it looks really nice. Oh, um, thank and, you. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to see pup- the puppies. And Yes, got some good puppy time. They're getting so big. <laughs> I, yeah, that was in Ju- June, I think. Mm-hmm. If I can remember right. So it's been... Yeah, sometimes. So they probably are getting them to be uh, pretty good size puppies about now. Um, mm-hmm. And we got to talk or you got to talk with Greg and have a little spot on uh, Insider 2.0. And that should, is actually up, I think. So if people have Insider, they can watch that. Yes, very cool. We actually just watched it the other day. It turned out really nice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's always nice to kind of touch base with our our rookies and and Mm. see what brought you to (laughs) mushing and so Mm -hmm. how about you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to all this absolutely so well as you said my name is amanda otto i first came to alaska in 2016 right after graduating college A little bit of a dramatic story. I had planned to go play professional soccer after playing in college. I'd devoted my whole life to soccer, and I had um, got recruited to go play in Sweden and actually blew my knee out three days later (laughs) during my senior year. And um, so competing in soccer was kind of off the table, and I've always, you know, had a love and interest for dogs in the outdoors. And I knew a little bit about mushing, um, but nothing in the realm of – the competitive mushing that we have today. And so I had just kind of sent somebody an email and said, Hey, I'd love to get my foot in the door. I'd love to learn. And fast forward a couple of years later, I got connected with Jeff in 2019 and the rest is kind of history. I just finished my last qualifier this last year and I did a rod was the whole goal and coming up here and um, yeah, dream, dreams can come true. And I think a lot of, a lot of doors can open if you are willing to try something new and you're able to um, adapt to whatever environment is kind of thrown at you. So what what was that first introduction to mushing? Mm-hmm. I mean, where you, you were at, did you 
follow it, follow machine or, you know, I actually grew up with, we kind of joke about Siberian Huskies and Alaskan Malamutes being the Victoria's secret models or the show dogs of the sled dog world <laughs> during our tour. I actually grew up with Malamutes and had competed in a couple of just fun mutt races. Um, as a kid, I grew up in Idaho and I competed at the Mutt Race a few years at the Ashton Dog Derby in Ashton, Idaho. And uh, so I had a little bit of a background, you know, messing around on a sled. I had a little kick sled as a kid, um, but didn't know a ton about the sport, competitively speaking, and um, actually didn't even know a ton about the Iditarod until I came up here in 2016 and really got to work with the Alaskan Husky, uh, you know, the real athletes of the sled dog world. Um, I grew up with Malamutes and my family. We actually breed and raise Australian Shepherds. Um, so I have a background with dogs, you know, competed in agility and 4-H growing up in addition to participating in competitive soccer. But um, yeah, dogs and athletics have always been a huge passion of mine. And it's actually really neat to be able to combine both of those um, in the world of mushing. So that's been a real treat for me. So you said you had a bit of an injury. So mm-hmm. you had to kind of move away from <laughs> your... Um, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a bit of a shift. Yeah. And I think that that's tough, you know, kind of losing your identity when you've kind of sold your life to a dream and you have um, essentially been uprooted. I mean, I devoted about first 20 years of my life to playing soccer and I'm 27 now. And so it was a, it was a little bit of a shift and a jump. Um, not a huge jump as far as dogs are concerned. Dogs have always been a big part of my life, but yeah, that was, that was pretty devastating when I blew my knee out back in the fall of 2015. It was our, I think it was our opening conference match. I played soccer at Biola university. It's a D2 school down in Southern California. And yeah, that was a major shift for me. I had never, imagined life without soccer at that point and so um yeah it was pretty dramatic and I think you know at the end of the day though I think that's why I've kind of grown to love mushing so much is it really is a metaphor for life um your plans rarely go as planned (laughs) and you need to be able to adapt to whatever is being thrown at you and that's something I'm you know still learning every day as I work and train with Um, the dogs who are now the athletes and my role has kind of shifted. I'm the coach and that's a really fun dynamic for me. Um, With your, your knee, are Mm -hmm. you, good to go or, or oh yeah I've, I've like since I, <laughs> yeah I've I've since made a full recovery it was a bit of a process though um it was about two and a half three years before I was fully um feeling I guess normal again and I certainly can't run as far and as fast anymore um but it's I'm totally functional I don't typically have issues with it anymore that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's still, I mean, a bit of running, I guess, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. however your mm-hmm. uh, routine is in machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. well, thank, well, thankfully, the dogs are the ones running to Nome, not me. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. riding most of the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so far with your qualifying races, what um, is there a race that stands out? Is there, was there, is there like a toughest race so far or? Yeah, absolutely. Um, The race that I really wanted to do, and I'm very thankful I got to do it, was the Copper Basin 300. Um, Originally, I wasn't sure if I'd get to run that race because it was right around the time of the Cusco, and Jeff was going to be doing Cusco. We are kind of a smaller kennel now. We've got 22 adults on site. And uh, the Cusco ended up being postponed because of COVID. So that opened up the door for me to take the A-team out to the Copper Basin. And that was a fabulous first 300-mile race. I really enjoyed my time out there on the trail. 
and uh, it was not without um, its hardships, though. And again, that's part of mushing is you kind of got to be able to handle whatever's thrown at you. And I actually um, busted my sled leaving the sourdough checkpoint. A couple teams in front of me um, upon exiting the checkpoint had actually deviated from the trail into the parking lot. And my team kind of smelled what everybody else had done. And at the last second, instead of taking that left-hand turn, they jumped right down off the bank into the parking lot. And I laid the sled down to try and stop them, you know, because your hook and your brake is not going to work very well on frozen asphalt. (laughs) And in doing so, I actually snapped the right runner on the sled in half. There was already a weak spot there, I think. And I got to do the next 40 miles, the most technical aspect uh, coincidentally, of the trail on one runner. So that was quite the experience <laughs> and was able to um, get it patched up. I got um, Jesse Holmes was at the Myers Lake checkpoint. He tracked me down a drill and I got some feedback from some other mushers and had my little sled repair kit and we got it all patched up and and uh, continued on. So it worked out really well. But um, that was a really neat race for me for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, it was just, I think Copper Basin has always kind of been lured as, you know, the toughest 300 miles in Alaska. So I wanted to get that one under my belt, but um, really proud of the younger dogs I kind of had in the team. I had about five dogs that had never done even a race before, let alone a 300 mile race. So it was really cool to get them their first finish under their belt. Um, Everybody did absolutely phenomenal. I finished with all 12 of my dogs, which I had that goal in mind from the get go Uh, for that first race. I wasn't really concerned with winning. I would have loved to still place in the top 10, but mostly just wanted to finish with all 12 of my dogs, have a great performance. And I could not have asked for a better outcome. It worked out really well. Once you, you know, run the Iditarod, you won't be without additional thrills and spills, I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure, yep. <laughs> help with experience, I think. Absolutely, yep. There is always something new. Like I said, mushing is a metaphor for life, and things rarely go as planned, so you need to be able to deal. <laughs> is there anything that um, you're, what are you looking forward to as far as the Iditarod? I think unknown, um, you know, unknown aspects of the trail. Um, I really, you know, Iditarod has kind of been the pinnacle of my mushing endeavors. That was, you know, the whole reason for the move out here to Alaska full time. Um, And it is, you know, for me, the end goal. But I just, at the end of the day, really enjoy running dogs. I mean, um, this has been, you know, one of the few things in my life that just makes sense to me. You know, when I'm out there on the trail, everything kind of clicks and jives and, it is, I think it's hard to describe to somebody, but until you have taken, you know, a group of dogs that you have raised from puppyhood and seen them excel like that, you know, in a way it's kind of like your kids or, you know, the kids that you've coached over the years. And it is just absolutely phenomenal to see them kind of gel together as a single unit um, and to see them succeed in that aspect. Um, so I think just spending time on the trail with the dogs is what I'm most looking forward to. Um yeah, in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm sure, you know, Jeff probably tells you stories and mm-hmm, <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. all the time, maybe too much, you know. Um, but are, are there any, like, cool stories that you're like, wow, I can't wait until I'm at that place or in yeah, you know, yeah. that situation? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, oh, gosh, there's so many stories to pick from. And I am truly blessed and grateful to be learning from Jeff. Um, I'm so fortunate and probably a bit spoiled to have such a 
mushing virtuoso, if you will, for a mentor. Um, and one thing I really appreciate about Jeff is he doesn't approach anything one dimensionally. So he's constantly, you know, evaluating everything from all angles, always striving to be better, you know, never being satisfied with the status quo. Um, and one of my favorite stories from Jeff is actually, um, not even from the Iditarod Trail. He has it in his book. Um, it's a story about a dog named Peg um, during one of his races that actually takes place in my hometown, um, not far from Jackson, Wyoming, uh, called the Stage Stop Race. And he did it years ago. And there's a story about his dog named Peg in there who um, thought a highway flare was one of the special sausages that he was feeding to everybody. And she uh, did, in fact, eat the flare. And uh, so there was this big dramatic event of getting the dog to... Um, basically having to slurp down a bunch of charcoal and other things to uh, not have a major problem <laughs> with the flare. Um, and I think it's more, you know, funny stories like that. Peg, you know, was alive and well for those listening. <laughs> she, she made it, uh, made it through and it was okay. It makes for a funny story later. Um, I highly recommend reading his book, Cold Hands, Warm Heart, if you haven't. Um, but yeah, I love the story of Peg. And I think it's more just like comical adventures like that. Um, he's told me a few from Iditarod as well. Um, there's kind of too many to pick from in any one setting. I could go on all day with some of the stories we have. And, um, but yeah, he's, uh, he has been more than I could ask for in a mentor and he is just such a great guy to learn from. So it's, there's always a new adventure every single day. And, um, those stories, you know, like Peggy and the highway flare, just one of the many things that we <laughs> laugh and talk about on a daily basis. And it's really fun. Are there things from um, other mushers that you you kind of pick up and and hear about and um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are, oh. are just just like whoa? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and I think I think you have to be a good student if you want to be a good musher. You know, you want to the I guess what I try to embody is being a sponge. You know, you want to soak up the best of Jeff King. You know, the best of Dallas CV or whoever else you're you know talking with or learning from on a daily basis. You know, even in just little conversations that Jeff and I have, you know, daily about the dogs, I probably learn more there than um, even you know versus some of the stories that we talk about. But yeah, always keeping your ears open. I think having your ears open and your mouth closed is the first step to <laughs> getting good at, you know, whatever it is you're pursuing. Um, constantly absorbing things around you, you know, even if you're not talking to the person, you know, paying attention to what they're doing, you know, watching how they you know, interact with their team, what their checkpoint routine is, um, and so on and so forth. So are you guys talking about maybe... I did rod strategy now or um, anything like that kind of, you know, running through what to expect and um, you know, if this happens that and such at this um, point, I mean, is it yeah. too early to think about those things? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we're talking dogs every single day as far as strategy goes. Um, not really. I mean, summertime is kind of like our off time for the dogs right now. We're, in the heart of our tour season, we're taking the dogs for a lot of free runs and swims over at his pond and um, kind of just having fun with the dogs and puppies. But um, no, I don't think it's ever too early to start thinking about training. And we are still talking about, um, you know, dogs on a daily basis. Um, as far as strategy goes, though, no, we haven't really talked about that. But again, I think I don't know that there's really anything. Um, I'm sure there's and there have been, you know, different tidbits here and there that he likes to share 
um, every now and then. But I think ultimately it's, it's getting time out there on the trail with your dog, you know, taking them camping, getting, um, getting your routines down and whatnot. Um, you can talk strategy all day long, but until you have actually gone out there and you have experienced different things with your team, um, all the strategy in the world is, is not going to help you. You know, you need to be, you are in charge, so to speak. You are the coach, the dogs are the athletes and you, you need to get out there and practice. Um, so no, I guess we haven't really discussed too much as far as like strategy right now, or, you know, right now it's, it's all about the dogs and it's all about really summertime is kind of just having fun. You know, we've got a really young kennel and so we're doing different activities with the dogs on a daily basis. Um, which I think, you know, having fun is just as important as, you know, the training that's in harness. So we're doing a lot of free runs right now. And like I said, swimming over in the pond, taking the little guys out for their first couple of free walks and spending other time, you know, doing other activities with the adults. We really enjoy bike joring and all kinds of things and just hanging out with the dogs. I think um, a lot of mushers will say it doesn't matter how much strategy you have as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what happens, happens. Yeah, that's, that's mushing. You know, it's great till it's not. <laughs> you need to be able to deal with whatever comes your way. For sure. Um, so what, what are you guys thinking for dogs? Are you, do you have like some stars, some star athletes, or do you have, are there some dogs you're like, Oh, I can't wait to, you know, go out on the idea rod with, you know, this dog or this leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, we actually have a very young kennel and we only retired one dog this last year. Um, many of the dogs that will most likely go out on the Iditarod trail with me this year are young, as young as three, really. Um, really excited about a litter that we had a couple of years ago. They're the palindromes litter. So we do name all of our puppy litters by theme around here. And then within that theme, we assign the name. So palindrome is a word spelled the same forwards and backwards. So the palindromes we have in the yard right now, we've got kayak, auto and radar, and they were absolutely fabulous for both Jeff and I at all of our races this last winter. So I'm very excited um, to have them in the training pool this year and see what they do um, out on the Iditarod trail, very versatile group. Um, And I think we kind of pride ourselves here at Husky Homestead at really turning all of our athletes into leaders. Um, and that's part of the reason why we do so many different activities with all the dogs um, is we want them to be, you know, that well-rounded and get that one-on-one time with them, having them comfortable at front. And obviously some dogs are, you know, better at different positions than others. And you need to identify those strengths and you also need to know um, what their limitations are, if any. I don't think you can really help a dog, you know, achieve their maximum potential. If you don't know, you know, what their limitations are, I think that's part of dog psychology and training. Um, so that's kind of the fun aspect for me is really kind of putting that team together. And yeah, there's, um, we have a ton of young dogs this year and I am so, so excited to see, um, how everybody kind of comes together once we start fall training here pretty soon. Do you have, um, <clears throat> any Iditarod veterans still then if you have a young kennel? We do. We do. Um, We have a handful of dogs that are four and five years old and have all finished um, the Iditarod. Um, But at the end of the day, we are kind of a young dog. The oldest dog in our kennel right now is seven. That's Mr. Ken Moore. And we're probably going to retire him this upcoming year. He's Jeff's pride and joy, though. I think he's going to retire here at Husky Homestead and train up puppies and live a good life on the couch on the off season. So we're pretty excited to have him around still. 
Yay. Um, yeah, it was, you guys have a very nice operation out there and it sounds like you have a lot of fun things for the dogs to do. Um, what are, what are some other fun things you like to do with a dog? What, what, what do they like to do? <laughs> what do they get, do they get excited about a certain <laughs> thing when you're like, okay, it's time to go do this? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously when the harnesses come out, that makes the yard go nuts because they, that is what, that's their first love and that's what they enjoy doing. But like I said um, earlier, right now, summertime is kind of about having fun. So we're taking, you know, groups of dogs out for free runs and free hikes. Jeff is really into his bike. So we do a lot of bike joring. Um, We also have a big dog park that we can let, you know, multiple dogs kind of hang out together at once. Um, So that's been fun. Um, it's been really warm up here in Denali, which is kind of unusual. We've had some temperatures up in the 80s, so we're doing lots of swimming over in the pond or over down at the river. Um, we have an overpopulation of squirrels at the moment, so we have a couple of dogs who have turned into master squirrel hunters. <laughs> they are eradicating our squirrel population, and we're okay with that. So I turn a couple of them loose, and we go on little squirrel hunts, and they're enjoying that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, kind of just, again, just having fun with the dogs, bringing them over to the house every now and then to say hello and spending 24 hours a day. I mean, and that's the fun, that's another fun aspect for me is there is always something to do with dogs. You know, you need to enjoy hanging out with your dogs 24 seven. Right now we're teaching a couple of the dogs to find sheds so we can do some shed hunting, <laughs> you know, looking for, um, moose sheds and caribou sheds in the fall. Um, and that's been really fun. So we, we have a lot of fun, you know, doing different activities with our dogs, you know, in the summer, it's not always about, you know, just training in harness. We're making sure they get plenty of opportunities to be out of the harness and just, you know, being a dog and being with us. And that's, that's a really fun aspect for me. While we were up there, we saw, or at least I saw the squirrels. I think I pointed out to Greg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, bunch of squirrels and they were quite uh, active. <laughs> oh yes. Ruben, Luna and Cyclone. I think Ruben you met. Um, and then Cyclone and Luna are kind of our main squirrel hunter gals. So they're having a grand old time. They're actually loose outside my house right now, a tree and a couple of squirrels down below. So <laughs> they are having a grand old time on their squirrel hunt. What, um, what is the shed uh, uh, hunting you were talking about? Um, not really hunting, but just shed collecting. So when moose or caribou, um, you know, drop their antlers um, after the oh, rut, oh, you know, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So right now we're essentially, we're teaching a couple of dogs, you know, how to find a shed, you know, similar oh. to the way you might, you know, teach your dog to go retrieve a duck in the water. We're teaching a couple of dogs um, just for funsies, you know, how to go find a shed. And that's been a lot of fun. Right now we've collected a lot of booties, <laughs> you know, the snow melts and you see, you see some booties on the trail. So Ruben has brought me quite a few nice. um, booties, but Hey, that saves me a couple of dollars, a couple more that I don't have to buy for Iditarod. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we haven't we haven't found any sheds yet, but we're working on it. That's uh, interesting. You bring that up. I don't think I've heard uh, any mushers mention that in <laughs> any of the interviews. That but that's a different thing that I have now heard. Of course, you learn something new every time uh, I interview a musher. So hopefully, that's a new piece of <laughs> information for everybody else too. That is pretty cool. Also, well, the little doggy booty hunting would be kind of cool, too. Yeah, that that mm -hmm. uh, makes a difference when you can get some of those things back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
All right, Amanda. Well, uh, is there anything else you'd like to mention on the show? Do you want to um, throw out your social media stuff for the kennel or yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I I do try to keep um, fans and followers updated on a daily, mostly more like weekly basis on my Instagram. And you can follow it at auto, O-T-T-O dot up north, U-P-N-O-R-T-H. That's my Instagram handle. Um, And then, yeah, following Husky Homestead on our Facebook page. I do try to keep our Husky Homestead following um, updated there as well. But, yeah, just very excited to kind of feel, starting to feel at least part of the whole Iditarod endeavor. And it's been quite a process to even get here, you know, to get qualified. And now being entering in the race is a little surreal to me. Um, But as they say, it does take a village. And I would not be where I am today without... Um, so many helpful and just wonderful people around me. Um, anything I've accomplished in mushing, I owe to Jeff. So obviously a huge thank you to him and my family and friends who have really supported the dream. And um, it's allowed me to meet a host of other wonderful people such as yourselves and even Greg Heister when you guys were up here. And yeah, it's it's been a really great ride thus far. And I'm excited to continue the adventure. Well, we can't wait to see more of you, especially, you know, on the trail, doing, mm-hmm. you know, what you're have been training to do this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so, and um, do you plan, on, I know you're going to be busy on the trail, but do you plan on doing any kind of um, like follow ups as, uh, you know, as you come back off the trail or are you keeping fans up to date or any, any kind of plans like that? Although you will yes. be like doing something mm-hmm. at the time. But. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'll be um, updating with some of Jeff's races as well. I know he's planning on doing a couple of mid-distance races this winter, so I will most likely be handling for him. Um, so people are going to get plenty of opportunities to follow the dogs in multiple races, not just the Iditarod. Um, and yeah, I'll be posting updates about our training, you know, once we kind of hop into fall training um, come September. And yeah, so social media is probably the best way to follow that. I do have a GoFundMe page. So if people are interested in, you know, sponsoring a dog or even helping me out, um, getting to the start line, um, there's that option as well. And that's just GoFundMe slash auto up north. So similar to the Instagram handle. And yeah, we're really excited to kind of, uh, we're huge fans of social media around here because it helps us kind of share our world and our dogs with other people. And I think it's a great way to kind of get the message about the sport out there in general. And so that's been really awesome to be able to share this adventure with family and friends back home who might never be able to get up to Alaska. Um, So absolutely, we'll be keeping or I'll be keeping you updated, I should say, on our progress both before and after the race. Um, Obviously, during the race, that'll be a little difficult. So I'll leave that to somebody else. But yeah. All right. Good to hear. We definitely want to hear uh, more what Jeff's doing through yes. uh, through the year two, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a bunch of fans as well. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Amanda. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be really great. It's always nice to see, you know, all the rookie mushers, upcoming mushers and, um, you know, how the race will form with all the, the, the new mushers coming in there yeah it's gonna be a fun field i'm excited to see what everybody does and i think it's gonna be a great great opportunity to share the trail with some really fabulous mushers so i'm looking forward to it 
And it's our 50th anniversary, too. It so. is the 50th. Yeah, it's a big going one. To be, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a really nice event, hopefully more normal than last year, mm, as we yep. keep on saying. <laughs> so, all right. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Kristen. Have a good one. You, too.